What's going on, everyone, and welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope everyone had a great and fun Easter weekend while practicing social distancing. We have a great show to start off the week, and that is the Vice President of Basketball Operations and Team Development, Swin Cash. Swin, first of all, how are you and your family holding up right now? Uh, we're doing good. Um, just using this time to really focus in on uh, things we need to get done around the house. Uh, Saints been cooking with me a little bit, so that's been kind of fun. And just trying to make the best of the time that we have together. What did you all do uh, over Easter weekend? Anything fun for you guys? Yeah, you know, we had our own little, uh, I would say, concert series in our house. Um, we were streaming on, on Instagram. Uh, Kenny the Jet Smith had a pretty cool, uh, he had different guests on, Yolanda Adams, it was amazing. We streamed our church and worship service, so we were able to dance and kind of have a lot of fun with that. And um, yeah, just enjoying, just trying to play a lot of different music and our activity time is really by dancing and, and celebrating. So that's how we're trying to stay active as much as we can in the house too. Now, this podcast is known for hard-hitting questions, so I need to ask because I see a lot of people out there debating this topic, and that's candy. Are you someone that likes the Cadbury eggs, the Reese's egg, or do you like the Peeps? What is your go-to Easter candy if you had to choose one? Yeah, um, you know, I really don't have any. I mean, I love jelly beans. I will say that. I'm a jelly beans girl. I love jelly beans. But um, it's funny because my son doesn't like a lot of sweets, so the Peeps, he just looked at it and I kind of put it to his mouth and he was like, yuck. <laughs> and he took off running. So um, I don't know whether to laugh at that or be actually really happy. Um, as I'm told, it's, it's a good thing that your kids don't really like sugar that much, which he hasn't had a lot of since he's been little. But um, I, I would say I'm a jelly bean girl and now I'm eating my son's teeth because uh, his teeth, because he's not eating any of the candy we got him for, for Easter. <laughs> I think that's a good sign, especially with the peeps with how much sugar that is. But I feel like that candy is kind of a love-hate thing. I see so many people that enjoy it and so many people that kind of had the same reaction Saint did and not even want to touch it. So, But a good one with the jelly beans. Didn't even uh, think about that one. Um, let's talk about, you said mentioned keeping busy, you know, cooking, things like that. How is this time that you've been able to spend at home and kind of balance out, you know, the work part that you all still have a job to do? Uh, but also able to keep yourselves busy knowing that you really can't leave the house that much. Yeah, um, obviously engaging with our players, uh, checking in on them, their family, seeing how they're doing. I love seeing our guys active on social media and interacting with the fans. That's always great. Um, and also preparing. Um, obviously, we have to continue business as usual, and so just getting very familiar and watching back some game film and different things of that sort is always something that can occupy the time. Just making sure your your preparation is there for whenever, you know, things are needed. Um, so that's what I've been doing the majority of the time. We'll get to Pelicans playback in a little bit because you are the guest tonight and you will provide your expert analysis on the game tonight as they rebroadcast the Pelicans and the Celtics. But you mentioned the players. How have you been able to stay in touch with the players and their families, whether it's text, whether it's Zoom calls? Uh, what's been the best way you all have been able to communicate and how are some of the players and families do, doing during this time? Yeah, I think a, a lot of it's uh, text, um, some calls, but majority of text, um, very similar to the season. Um, 
but we just don't have those interactions face to face. Usually I'm at practice, um, at games, so I get that kind of time that I need with the guys. And so now it's just more so you want it to be organic. I, 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 I'm not a believer that you should just be checking boxes and, hey, let me just, uh, you know, every week at this time check in on a player. I think it has to be organic. I think relationships are built on just caring about people, also giving them their space and their time. And, um, you know, everybody's dealing with this quarantine uh, in their own way. And some people need to be checked on a little bit more than others. And they, you know that. Um, you know that by how the relationships you build and others are just so in, you know, so in tune and locked in with their families. You know they're doing well. You just want to make sure, you know, that they need anything, any support. Um, our medical staff, I give a shout out to Aaron Nelson and his whole team. They've been doing a great job of just making sure our players um, have the stuff that they need while they're in quarantine to prepare themselves just in case we get that call to come back for the season. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is making sure we have the support that they need on all fronts. You know, Griff mentioned on his conference call with the media last week that you and Ramon have done a great job of being a resource for not only families, as you mentioned. What have you been able to provide for them? What are some of the things that you have been able to provide them during this time that they are not able to leave the house and kind of are itching to play basketball and try to stay in shape during this time as well? Yeah, you know, I think for me, when we look at um, our overarching kind of team development aspect, we really approach it from um, the standpoint of um, making sure that we are not only communicating with the guys, but if there's any information that's out there in regards to kind of like this pandemic and um, the COVID-19 virus, that we're making sure they're abreast of that. Um, also, you know, keeping them in tune with um, our business side, we launched kind of home TV, um, home team TV. And I think that's been important for our guys to understand what that means, not only for the player, I mean, for the fans, um, but also the community of New Orleans. Um, so just sharing a little bit of themselves with them and also making sure they're in the right mental space. Um, if they need to talk about anything, uh, we try to be, you know, that resource that's there. And, you know, Ramon and I and, and Alex is also part of our team. Uh, we are weekly meeting twice a week um, on Zoom calls to make sure there's any new information, anything we need, any concerns we have, anything we need to really kind of dig into a little bit more that we're taking care of that. And I think that's part of our whole kind of team development department is making sure that the players have resources, they have information. And then also a lot of them want to learn how to support. You know, some guys have been um, very uh, public in regards to their contributions. Um, there's players that have done, you know, certain things um, privately that some of the people don't know about. And so I just would encourage even our fans and other people that are out there to understand, you know, some people give publicly, some give privately, um, some lead in different ways, but all of our players are just trying to figure out how they can contribute, how they can help, whether it's here, whether it's in their hometowns. And um, I think that's where kind of our team development department really comes in and tries to be that resource for them. What does it mean to you and your staff knowing that you have so many players that are wanting to give back, whether it's, um, you know, that gets out there like Zion Williamson and J.J. Reddick and Drew Reese, but also other players that, you know, don't want any of the, the praise but just want to give back. What does it mean to you and your staff knowing that you have so many players that are, are willing to do this during a difficult time for a lot of people? Yeah, you know, it, it, for me, it just really warms my heart. Um, you know, I, I say it a lot, even around the guys, I say it at different times, you know, to whom much is given, much um, is required. And that's what I kind of live by throughout my career um, playing and then professionally. 
And so I, I try to always let the guys understand they have a platform, but I'm very respectful of how they want to do things. A lot of times teams only want players to, you know, we, we have to tell the media, we have to tell the story. Well, there's always a time and place to tell the story, but some people love to serve in different ways. And I just, I'm, I'm very respectful of that. Um, and so just making sure that there's a happy balance by people knowing, um, even when we don't make it public, um, I'm, I'm able to use my platform and let people know that our players are doing really, really amazing things. And um, we should be very proud of the team because even though they're young, the team that we have, um, they are understanding it in this pandemic, in this moment, truly um, taking on, I would say, the pulse and heart of New Orleans. And that to me is uh, what it's truly all about. You mentioned the pulse of New Orleans. You know, you've been here for just a short amount of time, but uh, we talked to J.J. Redick a couple weeks ago, and he talked about the impact that New Orleans has had on him and his family since he got here. What about you? What has the city meant to you during your short time here with the team? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a city that really has embraced not only the team but myself. Um, whether I've been at a supermarket, jogging down the street, or walking, um, it's it's been amazing to me to have so many people just say, I'm happy you're here. Um, happy for the Pelicans. You guys are doing an amazing job. And it's just the encouragement um, and the heart of saying, hey, we're happy that we have people that want to be here in New Orleans. We want you to be a part of our city. And so that inclusiveness to me has been uh, very warm, warming to not only myself, but also my family, my husband, Steve, who, who travels even for business himself and is an entrepreneur. Um, just his level of embracement with this city uh, has been there for, for a number of years. And so I'm finally getting to experience it every single day, whereas he would experience it in and out for a lot of different conferences and events that were here. Um, so thank you to New Orleans. Thank you for embracing my family and I. Thank you for embracing our team. And, you know, we're going to continue to get through this and stay together because this is what New Orleans does. It rises together, and I feel that every single day. Absolutely. Well said, Swin. A couple more questions for you before I let you go. You, know, you talk about platforms and some of these players, and some of our players – that podcast, whether it's Josh Hart, J.J. Reddick, obviously this team podcast, but also you have a podcast. Have you been able to do a little any of the She's Got Time podcast during this hiatus, or is there any to come that fans can look forward to? Yeah, yeah. So we've been, you know, talking and kicking it around. What I have done before even relaunching kind of the podcast is every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Uh, Central, you can go to my Instagram page, Swing, Swing Cash. And we have a She's Got Time live session where people just come in. I go live with some of our fans, some of the people that have followed me for so many years. Um, I bring on different friends different uh, with different perspectives, different backgrounds that work in different industries. Just people getting an opportunity to talk about how they're dealing with this quarantine, um, learning new ways, new information. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing with uh, She's Got Time live at 9 p.m., um, on my IG, it's really about community. And I wanted to have a place and a space where people could see, like, I'm going through the exact same thing that you're going through. Um, and we're going to get through it together. So really just putting positive vibes and affirmations out there into to the universe. So people can go, like I said, to my IG page, CoinCast, and um, definitely catch that. It's kind of funny you brought it up because I was talking to Nico and anybody who, if you're not following Nico Melly, you should probably follow him on Instagram. He yes. does these IG lives where he's talking, I swear, in like three or four different languages. And mm -hmm. so I finally texted him and I said, Nico, I'm following, but you know, I cannot understand what you're talking about and you have guests on. And so I was like, there needs to be like 
some subtitles or something. And it's so funny, babe, because he literally was like, okay, I'm okay. I said, well, you're going to jump on my IG live. We're going to talk. We're going to speak English. So people in New Orleans have questions and stuff for you. So I'm hoping either on the Pelicans or on my IG, we're going to be able to get Nico on um, and uh, have him talk a little bit. But he's hilarious. So, like, this is the stuff that I see and just interacting with our guys is so fun. Um, and I'm glad that they're sharing this experience and on social media. And like you said, the podcast and other platforms, our guys have been active. They're out there. Um, and, you know, the ones that aren't are just spending a lot of time with their families and just preparing mentally and physically to get back um, out there on the court. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Melly because I, I agree with you. I want to watch these things and then I can't really understand them. But he's been such a great guy to be around. So I'm really hoping that you could get him on uh, your Instagram live or the Pelicans can because we definitely want to check in with Nico Melly. A couple more for you as uh, we haven't talked to you since the uh, Hall of Fame announcement has come out um, with Tamika Catchings, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. What a great class. The late Kobe Bryant, Kim Mulkey. Um, I want to talk about Tamika. Um, what, what did you think about when you heard the news that Tamika was going into the Hall of Fame? I was super excited. Um, Catch and I have been friends for a really, really long time. Um, really close. Um, and so the first thing I could just think about was just hear the joys like of times we've been through highs and lows, battling with the union, new CBAs, all these different things just kind of stream to your mind. And she's, she's been one of the players that have not only been phenomenal on the court, but also off the court. I mean, the things that she's been able to achieve and continue to inspire um, so many of, of the youth that are out there. Uh, so I was truly, truly happy for her. You know, once we catched back and forth and she was just like, you know, I, I know you're going to be there. And I said, absolutely. I wouldn't miss it for the world um, to be able to stand there and not only support her, but an amazing class that really is kind of my era and playing with so many of the players and being around uh, a lot of our guys at USA Basketball. So uh, this is going to be a great class. Uh, We're definitely going to have our hearts um in a very delicate place because Kobe mm-hmm. won't won't be there, but I know his family, I know Vanessa and, and his family will definitely be there and support. And um, we're just really blessed to see a lot of great friends, great athletes, coaches uh, going to the hall this year. This might put you on the spot, but do you have a favorite Kobe memory? I know there's so many out there and so many you could choose from. Is there one that sticks out to you about his time with the Lakers? You know, it's it's not – I mean, there's so many different basketball memories. Um, it could be an interaction with me, him, too, if you had one. Yeah. No, I think for me it's more the interactions. I think more the interactions through USAB. I think it's more of the interactions with, with Kobe, um, even during the finals when I was in Detroit and, uh, you know, the Pistons were winning their first championship against the Lakers. I mean, he's just – a student of the game. He was so <laughs> professional on every level. And the thing that people don't know about Kobe is that Kobe was watching like the women's game before, like so many of the NBA, different NBA players, they talk about all oh, the NBA guys, you know, they're watching the women now. I'm like, the guys have been doing that for a long time, but Kobe was such a big support of like Lisa Leslie, WNBA, even back in the day when he was young, we all were coming in together. And so I'm just going to remember my interactions with him, with Vanessa. I remember uh, one uh, interaction with him. I can't really talk too much about it, but uh, him and Vanessa and seeing them at uh, MJ's um, birthday party. I think it was MJ's 50th at All-Star. And I remember we all were there and listening to some great music and just kind of topping it up. And it was just really a blessing to just 
be able to see um, kind of life after after sports and all these different things happen for him. And I uh, just definitely want to continue to send my condolences out to his family. Our prayers are always there. And, we, you know, she's so strong, and the girls are going to get through all of this together. Well said, and that had to be one heck of a party when you had Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant in the same room, that's for sure. But, yeah, he was a great ambassador to the NBA, but the women's game as well. It'll certainly be weird um, to see that on, in August for the Hall of Fame ceremony. Before I let you go, Pelicans playback tonight. You are the special guest, so not only will you be with Jen Hale, but we're also going to hear from you during the game. What can we expect as we relive the big win over the Celtics from late January? Yeah, I think what you can expect is just to hear, you know, me giving some insight about the game at a very kind of basic level. Um, a lot of times I feel like when people are watching a game, if you're not a student, you don't know kind of what, you know, DHOs are and this, that, the other. I try not to talk over people's heads, but just kind of give exactly what I see and kind of a, an insight behind it of how we like to play, why this is important, why the timing is important. Um, so, and I have a lot of fun with it, and I think it's a pretty cool uh, J.J. Reddick. Uh, there is one play you guys are probably going to see um, in the game that I thought was hilarious because it's definitely a play that I would have done, especially being a vet, um, or I like to say season player. Um, <laughs> so shout out to JJ. I can't wait for the playback tonight. But um, yeah, our team was awesome. I really enjoyed watching this game back. And uh, you guys are going to see some some insight tonight. And I hope you guys will join us. Yeah, I've certainly enjoyed the insight from David Griffin and Trajan Langdon the last two. And I like that you did give us a little bit of a tease about what could we expect tonight. It should be a lot of fun. That's Swin Cash, Vice President of Basketball Operations and Team Development. Swin, thank you so much for the time. Please stay safe, and hopefully I'll get to see you soon. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Talk soon. There she goes, Swin Cash on the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. And, of course, you can see her tonight at six at 6.30 for another edition of Pelicans Playback with Jen Halen at 7.00. The Pelicans and the Celtics from January 26th. Not only can you rewatch the big win over Boston, but Swin will be able to give you some insight into some plays and what's been going on with the team from that game. So you don't want to miss that. And then on Wednesday, another edition of Pelicans playback. David Griffin makes his third appearance with Jen Hale as they get they preview Pelicans at Cleveland from January 28th. And then the assistant coaches will get back into it or begin to get back into it. On Sunday night at 5.30, Chris Finch will join Jen Hale and Pelicans playback as we relive the Pelicans win from at Chicago on February 6th. All right, also don't forget about Home Team TV. Of course, that was launched last week. Pelicans and Saints have done a really good job with launching Home Team TV. A lot of great stuff last week. Today is Mental Health Monday, sponsored by Auctioner. Promotes how fans can learn how mental health experts or Saints and Pelicans players handle stress while they also share some of their stress relief strategies. I know with this difficult time that some of us or a lot of us are stressed and so much uncertainty going on, whether, you know, when we can get back to normal, um, people that are battling this really tough disease or virus and things of that nature. So Mental Health Monday, sponsored by Auctioner. Make sure to be on the lookout on pelicans.com, mobile app. Same with Saints.com mobile app. All the team platforms. Now we'll launch every day at noon central. We have a great guest list for you. We'll promote those as soon as we get clearance on who will come and when. 
But another great week of Pelicans podcast are yours. And we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.